Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Maths Hysteria, a podcast all about Married at First Sight with me, Omar Abid, Sarah Clark at Sarah Clark Celebrates on Instagram and my wife, Claire Limmer Abid. Hello everyone. Hello Omar and everyone. Hello everyone. <laughs> How are you two doing? Well, Good. you guys have seen my face. <laughs> <laughs> that for was anyone, a pointed question. How are you two for doing, Sarah? Watching on the, on, yeah, I fell off my daughter's scooter with my daughter and luckily she's She's almost okay. She's got a big bruise on her forehead. I'm sporting oh. a huge chin bruise. But this is an audio medium, so it's absolutely fine. And what um, what do you think the reason for that accident was, Sarah? <laughs> well, <laughs> Claire and I, we'd been at Hindu, hadn't we? We on had. Sunday, so we'd had a few cocktails. I think I was all right by the morning, but maybe I just was a little bit off my game. Off my scooter. Yeah. Off my kids' scooter game. A little bit off balance. Oh, I felt perhaps. like a terrible mum. Suddenly come flying and my chin and oh, not good. Anyway, well, this is what oh, happens I'm when here. you're like, let's have one more. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very sensible hen. It was fun, very grown-up fun hen. It's very nice. Yeah, it's interesting to be sat at home feeling quite ill this weekend, and your wife and podcast co-host partner <laughs> are just out boozing it up. Not one message. Oh, Mara, do you know? Well, how are you doing? You know, have I become the second most important woman in your life <laughs> for, for the remaining eight weeks of this process? Then, you're de- then I'm dead to you. Yeah, yeah. forgot all about you after until that. Australia <laughs> until January, February, kind of time. Then the messages will wrap. Then we up. want you back. <laughs> want you back twice a week. Oh, so today we've um, what we've got to talk about is last night's weddings. But also, by the time people are hearing this, we'll have revealed the intruder couples. We've, we've been sent all the images and everything. Yes. They're coming in next week. Sweet. And we're also going to answer some listener questions. Mm-hmm. Well, one listener Our question. listener question. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, they were sort of, um, it was the same question, but asked by 
two or three different people. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's a, it's a good question. And also, we can be humble. We can say the questions are small, but they'll start to grow. We don't have to pretend <laughs> that we've got hundreds. We've got a few, and then we'll get more this week, more I, next week. I had other kind of ideas of like, oh, let's even do a like musical intro stink with the... Uh, like Thomas from last year saying, what the fuck do you ask me? Or something, <laughs> something like that. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, but it's not worth it for one question. <laughs> Listen a question. Oh, oh there you go, we're done. No, no. <laughs> well, uh, well, we do have a singer in the house. Who? You? I'm not a singer. You're a good singer. No. I've seen it on Instagram. Oh, oh God. What's, because um, <laughs> uh, I know on your, your Instagram you do random question of the day. Random mm. question of the day. Mm. Let me ask you this then good singer <laughs> no 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 what's your what's your favourite Wham song oh oh I mean I I'm How's really it? generic I'm you, you know this already about me I'm so middle of the road <laughs> so can I say last Christmas oh, <laughs> oh why it's cute what's, what's yours um, I'm your man oh that's a good one that's a good no, one no generally both good but incorrect answers it's freedom Oh well, yeah, that's the best one. I've been yeah, listening good, yeah. for some reason. It pops into my head um, the other day. What's your favourite Wham song? <laughs> me in a good. Can you make that link to maths? I think Nathaniel does want his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. Which yeah. is also we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yes, we have seen the video. Uh, but let's get to the weddings we saw last night: Terence, Portia. Brad and Shona, fucking hell, I wouldn't, wouldn't, I'm not sure I'd have enjoyed that wedding. Anyway. <laughs> what, the woo-woo one? Yeah. <laughs> the I think you would have enjoyed that wedding. Two quite different weddings, I would say. Um, but also, like, spirituality was a thread mm. through both of them in very different ways. Yeah. So you had Brad and Shona not asking each other if they were woo-woo, but both being very similar brands of woo-woo <laughs> and talking about the universe. And um, I think star signs, I might be wrong. I can't remember what was brought was, up. Uh, said something. There was definite, star signs. you could you? tell. And also like we, as the audience watching, it showed them both meditating, both doing yoga. Johnny was like, he's going to get wet trousers when he was <laughs> on the beach oh, yeah. in the lotus position in his joggers yeah on a wet it's, beach. it's great to be like present and in the moment but when <laughs> you're walking home with wet trousers like, like, you're too in the moment yeah. <laughs> they did uh, they talked about um number synchronicity because he was oh, saying about right. number twos yeah he did which was very pertinent for us because an irresponsible dog owner has left loads of dog <gasps> shit outside did our house did you notice that on your I mean in? for the humble listener I will say I got a really sweet message from these two saying careful of the dog poo as you come in oh, the room I'm glad you remembered because I, I didn't say message there yeah, about no, the dog poo I, I stepped <laughs> around it we <laughs> wonder if it's been a deliberate attack from one of our <laughs> one of our neighbours someone doesn't like the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, numbers, number synchronicity. I've not. Like, it's. I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's stupid, isn't it? Well, I know it's I no more like stupid than. Uh, there's so many brands of like believing in something bigger than us, what yeah. you can't uh-huh. see, and so like I don't want to. I'm getting to a point because I was brought up Christian. I'm getting to the point where it's like if I can believe something I can't see and question it every day, people can believe things they can't see mm-hmm. because otherwise, what are we left with just stuff we can see. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, (laughs) I know. But I think in terms of Brad and Shona, they obviously are both 
a certain type of like trying to trying to better themselves you could say because he was hinting at the fact that he maybe had been a bit of a drug mm. addict I didn't the think yeah I don't think he said drug addict but I think he said well, he, he was, said he was steroids addic- yeah addicted steroids, steroids, steroids and other, and other yeah. recreational things and then I don't know about oh, oh bless her Shona had her bulimia actually was a whole different thing oh, but I think right. they're trying to heal they're both mm. trying to heal and mm. there was a sort of like synchronicity yeah. with that with them together yeah and I think Things like faith, spirituality, religion, if you are trying to get through something, get over something, heal from something, it's an anchor to help you to do that. It's that, mm-hmm. like you say, something bigger than you mm. helps you to kind of process those problems, but support you through the healing process. So mm-hmm. you, you find the one that fits for you. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, I'm an atheist, but... <laughs> Shock. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I don't want to come across as a, as a militant. No, not at all, not at all. My my mum's my religious, but she was um, brought up in India, Catholic, married my dad, converted to Islam. But she she generally, genuinely just cares about the central core messages of all, all religion. She doesn't get bogged down in the... Um, don't eat pork, although she doesn't eat pork, yeah. you know, but it's... it's she more, wouldn't impose it on someone else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But obviously it gives a lot of people a lot of comfort and a lot of guidance through their lives so it's, it's stupid to just dismiss it of like oh you can't see it these people are stupid it's like that's a that's in itself is an ignorant way of, of th- looking at things i think one mm. thing i found interesting was it's almost like it's it's a shortcut for some people mm. so you could tell when shona and brad saw each other and they both heard each other mention the universe it's like they jumped a few steps ahead thinking okay maybe we're a really good match mm. and then bless portia because she really jumped the gun but when she was like oh christian i think she was trying to find that shortcut straight away mm. to be able to relax into it and go okay this could be the guy for me yeah and if he'd gone definitely not maybe she would have just had a huge red flag yeah but it was like she just she jumped the gun slightly with senate before she asked his name mm. yes and it came across not great it was like a bit judgmental maybe because if he'd said no mm. Was she going to dismiss him completely? I think she might have closed the doors then, mightn't she? Yeah. I was going to say, it's interesting you said that Brad and Shona straight away were thinking, maybe this is a good match. I don't know if there was a maybe involved. This is it. It's the yeah. brilliant match. And everybody at that wedding they were fucking, was just like, I don't know what they were yes, pumping into that room. They were, <laughs> this is it for everybody, this. Well, they, were, they are both super good looking. Yes. So not, not everyone's type, like facial tattoos and all that sort of thing. Not everyone's type, but they are like inherently good looking people they've been models or whatever or he has so I think there's a sense of when the friends and family turn round and they see the person coming in there's a sense of relief and almost giggles so when someone's good looking they're like oh okay phew oh he's he's (laughs) he's six foot five and he's and he looks like a Spanish footballer or something doesn't he yeah and so I think and then she comes in looking absolutely exquisite and I think the giggles and energy in the room is just the relief from friends and family that there's someone hot coming in And, and then they talk about spirituality yeah. and vows. It's like, oh my God, it's, just it's, it's happening, it's that happening. That's the problem. It? It's yeah. two very vague things. Like yeah. being good looking means nothing. And being a brand of spiritual doesn't really mean anything. And so they've, they're now hinging everything on those two. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, when I was younger and I went Liking to... Liking dogs, sorry, number three. <laughs> Liking dogs. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that is a big one. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll come back to the to the list of things. Because oh, it's yes. a very important list. But I remember when uh, when I was younger and I went to go and watch uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace and the opening crawl and the music was like, oh my God, I'm watching a new Star Wars film. And then it ends with an amazing lightsaber duel. Um, Where's this going? <laughs> no, 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 and it was just, I came out the cinema and was like, oh, buzzing that was that was amazing 
And then uh, when it came out on video, I bought the video because I'm that old. <laughs> the VHS. <laughs> VHS. And I watched it again and I like, made a big thing of it. Wait to, went, waited till I had the sort of living room to myself, turned the lights off and everything. I watched it again and I was like, oh, this is shit. Oh. Yeah, it was, like, it was just that first viewing. I was just so high on the whole anticipation yeah. and everything like that. And the pomp and circumstance of being in the cinema yeah. with other people, it being like a community thing, totally get you. Yeah, I got carried away. <laughs> I love that you're comparing Brad and Shona's <laughs> wedding <laughs> to Star Wars. <laughs> I do know what you mean. But um, Shona also ticks off a lot of things on Brad's son's list. Yes. Tanned. Tanned dark hair. No, they were very uh, superficial once, they were. weren't they? From a kid's wish list of future yeah. possible stepmom. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to say anything nasty about anyone's kid. And he was very cute. He was, he was very, very cute. very cute. Yeah. You wanted the list to be a little bit more like, well, I think kind was I on there. Kind was on there. Yeah. But the After tan, <laughs> first few tan, dark hair. It wasn't there were very a few kind. At the bottom that were not very not kind to his auntie. Kind Amy. To auntie <laughs> no, no, quite. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, but then, yeah, they did seem... I mean, the love of dogs was huge for them both. I think there's definitely a strong start Yes. for some of those. I think there's going to be... It's going to, at some point, quite quickly, come crashing down. You think it'll be quick? I think it'll be... The honeymoon looks good from the preview we yeah. saw. But, I don't know, week two or something, there'll be some kind of minor issue which will mm. seem a lot bigger than it actually yeah. would have been because they've started on such a yeah. such a high because they've got the whole thing on a pedestal now haven't they it's perfect we're perfect for each other yeah 100% we're in yeah. but I've so done then that. navigating challenges yeah. is tricky have you done that Claire when you meet somebody and you do project a little bit because they fill a few criteria so you fill yeah. in the blanks yeah and, you, and you're like they're funny so you're like this is this is it they're funny they're tall whatever and then you fill in and then when they let you down you sort of excuse the behavior because you mm. think oh i don't know it's just it is you can see how it happens basically because they're so nervous of who's going to be at the end of the aisle yeah. so when it's some it's almost it's almost like it's one extreme or the other they're either super disappointed or they're all in yeah because yeah. it's like those extremes of adrenaline <laughs> hmm. like well shona had talked about doing that before hadn't she getting straight in 100 percent in that's it and a friend joanna yeah like was, joanna <laughs> she was like the grounded one wasn't she yeah. like oh i can see uh, i don't i want her to take her time before she gets into that headspace of being completely in love but she's already in that <laughs> too, late. Yeah. too late they seem i mean shona seems really sweet and like she's yeah. there for the right reasons and who knows what Brad's there for? He seems he seems like he's on the right path. Potentially, mm-hmm. there I can't see their ages because the the puzzle's hidden. But he's twenty seven. Brad is twenty seven. Shona is thirty one. Thirty. Oh, so she's a few years older than him. Yeah. I actually thought Brad was older than that. Yeah. He comes across a lot older than twenty seven to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew he had his kid really young. Yeah. Um, Eighteen, I think. Yeah. He spoke really beautifully about his kid. To be fair, it was really nice. Um, but I thought he was older than twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. What What do you think of all that? <laughs> That was good when he came in and, and shown his down was like, he's not wearing any socks. <laughs> love that she, wasn't, she wasn't bothered about all the tattoos. <laughs> <I know>. on <laughs> yeah. Focusing on the lack of socks. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was funny. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Brad seems to have this belief of you can only fall in love three times in your life and that's it. 
So I this is his third time. <laughs> so he's I'm, in some trouble, maybe. I thought at first he got that from Sex in the City because Charlotte York says, oh. but I think she says twice. Right. Because I'm sure there's a scene where Carrie's been with Big and Aiden. She's like, right, I've had both of mine then. And Charlotte's like, oh no, maybe it's not two, maybe it's three. Oh, but I think okay. she says two, but he's got that from somewhere. Yeah, this is what I was wondering. But then he loves Where's his numbers. Well, he loves from? his numbers. So maybe it's a number thing of the number three. Only get, I don't know. Mm. But does I he mean, believe three is lucky maybe and then so the third time is going to be the one third time but lucky. then it's he's kind of paired that with that's it though so once I get to three that is it there's no more I know which we, maybe is not that helpful well we heard this from Laura saying this is my last marriage which we didn't necessarily True. believe yeah. will yeah. come to fruition and then Brad it's not like he's going to close himself off to love if this doesn't work out like it's just it's all talk isn't it really By the way, stay tuned to the end of the episode because we've got an interview with a couple who were matched, still together, have a kid, but you've never seen them on screen. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it for myself <laughs> on Zoom. <laughs> right then, should we talk about Terence and Portia? Indeed. Yes. Do you guys, uh, what do you think of his response, first of all, turning around? Rah! <laughs> I mean that is and he's got perfect response he's got good it? mates because they didn't let it lie they were yeah. like he said raw did you hear him man said raw <laughs> he's going to hear about that a lot isn't he he's a funny one isn't he he wants a woman to stay at home cook and clean make, make him... me feel good when I get home from yeah. but then also <laughs> the champagne lifestyle is key to him <laughs> yeah he was not impressed she doesn't go out she doesn't drink she doesn't drink <laughs> but I felt like there was a bit of a dichotomy to Terence because mm. you've got the if he led if, if it was me and I know what I'm like I'm such a sap if he led with the youth worker disadvantaged youth thing that's a totally different side to the champagne lifestyle DJ thing and I know that he does both but if he led with that I'd be like what a lovely guy and he must mm-hmm. be really into kids and then me and Johnny were sitting there thinking well if he's DJing all this he must never see his three children yeah when does he see does he do any hands-on parenting if he says he's out till four yeah mm. I know that's not every night but it's almost like, do the two sides of his jobs and personalities match up? And which is more important to him? Like working with kids and being a youth worker and having his three kids or still being a bit of a Peter Pan character mm. and being out DJing. And what would piss me off if I was Portia is even if she is a night owl, even if she loved going out, if your boyfriend or husband's DJing, you're not together. No. Yeah, They're yeah. in the booth and you're just on your own on the dance floor feeling like an idiot. So yeah. it's not like she can even join in yeah yeah so I don't really get how she can win in this scenario even if she was really game to be going out and she's obviously got a little boy if he's DJing what's she supposed to do yeah yeah I think he's gonna have to choose if he wants it to work with Portia isn't he but and we... he's gonna have to choose to not be so much that Peter Pan character yeah and be more of the kind of well they both talked about traditional values didn't they yeah so he's saying that's what he wants and I think she made a really good point when she said that she said well he can say he wants to do that yeah. but he's going to have to actually do it otherwise it's you know it's not going to work I quite, so, I quite liked that yeah I thought that was really good that was I, astute of her I think very astute and I do agree that they there's potential there because what ultimately their values do seem to be relatively similar but it's putting them into action yeah um and like she wasn't painted in a great way either right at the beginning where she was saying no guy was good enough sort of you know and she was coming mm-hmm. out of the like really posh car yeah. with all the shopping bags and it was like actually no she's just a-. and then it showed her in a soft play 
yeah. And again, I was getting whiplash because I was like, I know people have different facets to their personalities, yeah. but how the producers choose to show you is quite powerful. Mm. Yeah. And how the public are going to take you. We're, we take what we're told. And so she's shown shopping on like the King's Road and then she's in a soft play with her kid. And those scenes of her with her kid were really lovely and mm-hmm. she seemed really down to earth. So I was trying to work out how she was trying to present herself. Yeah. And then the same with him. He's this father of three youth worker, but then he's talking about being a DJ out all night. And I'm like, those don't really add up mm-hmm. to me necessarily. Yeah. Well, we had this point with, with Laura as well about how they're presented. And I said at the time, they can't edit stuff into your mouth. And she did say... If I'm a so- 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. She's not far off Beyonce. To, power to her. Um, <laughs> Wish I thought I was a 10 out of 10. I'm like a three. But, especially with this. <laughs> but also, if a man asked whether you were going to split the bill, would you then pay the full thing while you then wait for an Uber to leave? Absolutely not. No. But I think some people put so much onus on feeling looked at there's a fear there I think there's a fear there she said she'd been cheated on mm-hmm. so maybe she's making people jump through certain hoops mm. to prove themselves which would make sense so yeah. maybe she's like right if he pays for the meal maybe he's serious about me if he does this maybe he's serious about me maybe he won't cheat maybe it comes down to that mm-hmm. and so she's putting herself on a bit of a pedestal of like yeah. I deserve the best I mean hats off to her yeah I deserve the best I'm gonna say I'm a 10 out of 10 I'm gonna act like a 10 out of 10 I mean she's gorgeous um and then maybe the right guy will prove himself because it sounds like she's been really let down yeah, it's actually that defence mechanism she's putting in place, isn't it? To keep herself safe. Yeah. And her kind of little snippet of the interview that they showed with Charlene, I thought was interesting because I think there's either things that she isn't sharing or maybe has shared with Charlene or mm. another expert, but we didn't get to know that other than she's been hurt. But Charlene looked to me really impacted she was by up. what Portia was saying. Definitely. So the hurt is there. Charlene could feel it in that interaction. So it's deep. Yeah. And it must have been, you know, really significant for her. It's still impacting her now. We could see that in that sort of interaction. So something big has happened for her. So she will have these yeah. defence mechanisms in place. So one thing that was quite lovely sometimes there's an awkwardness when you know someone's going to reveal that they've got kids do you remember the UK one last year did he have four do you remember the man who had four George. kids George sorry I'm, I'm eating a biscuit <laughs> George remember Shout George <laughs> um, sometimes as, as the viewer you know someone's got kids and you know maybe the other person's not super open to it you're not sure but with Portia and Terence she has her son he's got his three sons mm. and actually there were, it was quite lovely when they revealed that there didn't seem to be any bother and then Portia said children are a gift from God and it, it felt like in that way they could be quite well matched it wasn't like one wasn't a parent yet and wasn't mm. sure if they ever wanted to be it wasn't like one didn't want do you know what I mean they, they were bonded rel- them didn't it really? yeah they were relatively well matched on that I think it's just the Peter Pan thing on his side of I can't work out what is he chasing is he mm. wanting to be a professional I mean, obviously, he's a professional DJ. Is he wanting the high life? Why is he unmarried at first sight if he doesn't want to settle down? Because mm-hmm. marriage requires an element of settling into a partnership, into yeah. matching your lifestyles, mm-hmm. having some time together on the sofa. It doesn't have to be every night. But what what is he look? What is he thinking? Marriage is going to look like yeah. if he's that busy chasing his own individual stuff that yeah. she can't be part of. She can't help him DJ. And what's going to be the catalyst for him to give that up? Because yeah. it isn't the type of thing that most people do later into life. Not that he's there yet, but you know, he's yeah. well, he's, he's dead young like us. But you know, you get to a he's point. He's a kid. Where you're... <laughs> <laughs> he's so young. 
you get to a point where you have to decide am I going to keep doing that and if so then somebody's going to have to fit in with me yeah or am I going to stop doing that so that I can you know maybe be a bit more open to finding someone that I can do something else with basically live and a different yeah. lifestyle with and I'm which not, is the lifestyle he was talking about yeah having somebody at home having somebody you know traditional values that they both seem to have I think it was more the like absolute contrast because obviously you can carry on with your you should carry on with your passions and hobbies when you're married obviously you don't give up yourself your like individuality and it's attractive in a partner for someone to pursue what they're good at so I'm not saying he should give it up but I'm wondering what the compromise will be can he do one night a week DJing and she'll be happy for him not to come home till four mm. but not every not Friday Saturday Sunday can he spend time with I don't know I'm just curious how it's gonna look yeah because I don't think he should have to give up what he loves um but the producers have put them together and there was a huge contrast because she was saying oh, I'm never awake past 11 he was like 11 my night's just getting started <laughs> made me tired even thinking about it I was like 9 p.m for me was it a coincidence that Terence was wearing the exact same outfit as the little boy. Oh, no, that was so cute. <laughs> they were both in the white tux with the black trim, and yeah. he was like a mini him. Yeah. But were they dressed by the same, him? like... Yeah. Per- I just... It was quite sweet. He did seem to have an immediate rapport. Yeah. Which was lovely. Ter- Terence seems like a good laugh. He seems like a nice fella and everything, mm. but I just don't... I don't hold out... I've held up virtually no hope for this match. No. I just feel like if he'd been a bit more vocal, we might not have seen it in the edit. If he'd been a bit more vocal on helping disadvantaged kids, like that's a gorgeous job to have and it yeah. has purpose. And like she was saying in her edit, oh, he has to earn a lot of money, which gives me the ick. But I think what some women mean is he has to be passionate about what he does and he has to have a career like trajectory and I think working in youth work you're not paid well but if you're passionate about that that's attractive I would yeah. hope to most people I don't think that's what she meant I think you're giving very her the generous ben- <laughs> I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt I think she literally said Money. God imagine if he was broke <laughs> yeah no <laughs> I know I would ho- I, I know again I know I'm being naive I just I would hope with most people when they say I want him to have a good job what they mean is be good at what they do love what they do jump out of bed and make a difference in their little corner of their industry I know, maybe. <laughs> but also in enough to support me and my family. I know. There's, there I is that. I, well, I had this there. interaction on Twitter where I put a tweet out where uh, Porsche had said, I want someone to look after me. And I'd said, well, that's that's fine, I guess, but I wonder what ambition she has for herself. Hmm. And somebody had replied saying, well, she said she wants someone to look after you. But that to me, it's like, because I, I remember specifically someone I, I knew uh, from university who was just like, yeah, I just want to find find a man who can mm. like pay for X, Y, Z. It's mm. like, well, yeah, I guess, but I just can't relate to that. It's like, there's yeah. nothing you wrong You don't want a man to look after you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it, I guess the, the beauty of feminism is the choices there and you yeah. get to choose and the opportunities are endless. When it's something that you don't feel matches up with you, you have to try and extend that grace of being like, well, that's okay, that's her choice, but it might not be sustainable because if Terence feels like she's only with him for security or money, that doesn't feel very loving. So I guess it's like women who put financial security at the top the risk is the guy isn't going to feel very valued for the other things mm. he brings. And if he loses all his money, what's left? If, he lo- if he's made redundant, what's left? Yeah. If you put that value on someone, I must feel horrible to mm. feel like... You- and you get men who lie when they lose their job. They pull their suit on and still go to work. 
I'm doing inverted commas. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you hear about that because they're too embarrassed to say they've lost their job and yeah. they're not providing anymore. And she said she wanted him to be the breadwinner. Yeah. yeah. I don't think DJ and youth worker is necessarily going to be in that. People thing. are always going to need floor fillers. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that as well, though, didn't he? He did say, you know, about having the woman at home basically he wanted to be the provider he yeah. did say that is he she did. a stay at home mum did we hear what she does for work I was just thinking that I can't no, recall I can't. whether well, we we've did got, uh, or not it says executive assistant oh me. sorry sorry okay. she's an executive assistant yeah. which I don't know, know what that means it I used know. to be a PA right okay, or like yeah, that sort of vibe what, of like yeah. I think it would have been called reception uh, sorry a secretary and then it was mm. PA and now I think executive assistant okay. I think they're the similar roles right okay. um, and they can be it can be quite a well paid job depending on what company you're working mm. and to be fair to Terence if he's like we're all imagine, or I was imagining that he's a DJ of like local level like, he, like sort of the level of stand up that I'm doing, I'm doing <laughs> I guess where he's like you know yeah he gets gigs and everything but maybe he's better than that he maybe mentioned arenas he did he did he well, mentioned playing arenas which is like so maybe he's like pretty high level and, yeah you know and I think the youth work is his business there I'm sure two, it said he he ran a business. I think it mentioned two things that were super similar. It was like he worked for the family business, and then he oh. also was a youth worker. But the oh, family so I'm getting mixed up. But I the think, family yeah. business was in youth work, so I think he was doing two arms of the same thing. Right. But it was a bit. It was a bit confusing. Mm. He, I don't. Ha- I mean, he might be spreading himself really thin in terms yeah. of his emotional output. I mean, being a DJ can be so emotional. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> in terms of the youth work, yeah. and then having three kids of his own to think about. I mean, there's a lot of extremes there. Actually, can I have an extreme high of being a DJ yeah. and everybody calling your name, or you know. Yeah. Oli Oli Oli, which you confused by. Isn't, it Isn't, Isn't it Oggy? But anyway, he seemed to be saying Oli Oli Oli. So you can have those extremes, aren't you? And then if you do in youth work, you're going to hear some difficult stories. So maybe the DJ roller coaster, our Terence. Yeah, maybe the DJ is his outlet. Maybe yeah. he needs that because his job is quite fraught and quite mm. troubling. You know, mm-hmm. hearing some of these kids' stories, and maybe the D. I mean, we're really simplifying him here. It might not be the case, but I wouldn't. I don't think anybody you just have to give up what they love doing but it's just about that comp- it's that compromise isn't it it's just mm-hmm. yeah. if you're on a show called married at first sight and you are getting married to somebody you can't be out till four in the morning yeah every night no but the little um look ahead at the honeymoon maybe <laughs> they won't get to the stage of figuring out those he says practicalities he's twice. <laughs> oh, i know there's some arguments coming for them isn't there i don't know how I'd react if somebody told me they'd cheated in the past because there's a sense of the honesty of even revealing it at all that I'd respect yeah and then I'd be more like well what did you learn from that how Mm. did it make you feel (laughs) have a burner phone (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think I would want to give them the benefit of the doubt because they were telling me rather than keep you don't have to tell someone you've cheated you can fear it might come out but you don't have to say it Mm -hmm. yeah and so I'd be like well thanks for telling me let's try not to let that happen again I don't know I don't know I think when someone then closes off completely it's like well they've told you that that's been part of their past Mm. I mean we're about to talk about someone's past in a minute with the whole Nathaniel Ella thing Mm. of someone's being past being used against them potentially but I feel like I hope I would give someone the benefit of the doubt yeah but those would I know it's still playing in your mind especially if you've been cheated on because if you've been cheated on and you meet someone who says they've cheated on somebody it is red flag galore yeah Yeah. well I think that response if you if you can have a an open response of okay well we'll try and figure it out then maybe you haven't had those past hurts or you've worked through them Mm -hmm. so I wonder if for Portia that is part of 
perhaps a big part of how she was hurt in the past and so straight away no that's it I have to cut off to that I can't kind of go through that again so the walls come up to use a maths (laughs) phrase and then that's it she's going to kind of shut off until she can come back down from that place and see if she can engage with him but then isn't there another snippet of him saying she was childish so is that's maybe going to yeah. compound the, yeah. the walls being up still I'm looking forward or, to that I'm looking forward to, to her, him saying that she's childish <laughs> <laughs> be fun. and we've got so that's coming tonight we've got uh, George and Peggy honeymoon tonight I'm going to be watching that through like a cushion <laughs> I just can't deal I cannot deal with that man oh it's going to be painful should we just say our Instagram comment it fits here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we asked for comments and questions, which will come to the question. But one of the Instagram comments was um, somebody will saw their ears off if they hear George talk about tits anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that might be tonight. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have to know. Have we'll nine, have nine, nine that on this and see what happened to their ears tonight. Oh dear. Yeah. He just. It's really quite icky. Yeah. And it, and it, I, I think the problem is, as a woman, when there's that sort of, like, bubbling misogyny, it just it triggers you in so many other ways yeah. of thinking, like, well, if that behaviour's not called out by his friends... You know when he was chatting behind the scenes with his groomsmen getting ready and he was yeah. saying sort of nasty things about women then and nobody... They were like, oh, typical George. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's going to have trouble taming him. I'm like, well, no, call him out. He's a knob. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, just be like, mate take this a bit more serious do you know what yeah. I mean there was, I'm not saying that onus is on them but it sort of is to an extent if, you, if you're yeah. going to call someone a friend and be on TV as their friend and they are being talking in a horrible way about women like yeah. do you want to stand by that do you want to speak in- out instead they took the onus to tell her what she had to do yes. with how George was being Yeah. so they're just maybe just, in his camp too much yeah. so therefore the woman has to do the job in just accepting I think it comes down to my worst phrase of boys will be boys <laughs> that thing of like excusing that might as well have just been in that speech crappy behaviour best man exactly. speech <laughs> yeah one of the things that happened over the weekend was we got quite a few people tagging us sending us uh, the interview that Nathaniel has done with the tabloid paper, I think it was the, the Mirror, I think, um, where he talks about his experiences on maths. Mm. Now, there's some spoilers in what he says, and it's quite interesting, but we've been talking about like how do we address it on the podcast, and I think the way we talk about it is, I guess, we, we wait to see how things play out on screen. Is that what we've agreed on? Yeah, yeah I, I, so. I still feel really fresh as a viewer to wanting to ha- have it happen in real time. Yeah. And so I think, because we all have that feeling, we don't want to ruin it for you. If you're listening, we don't want to ruin anything. We don't want you to be afraid of listening to this thinking you're going to hear spoilers. So we're going to try and be spoiler free mm-hmm. and talk about things after they've happened. So you're with us in real time and mm-hmm. you're experiencing it at the same time as us. <laughs> that sounds very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> this is from NATO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. It's, it. You know, it's only a TV program. Like, in our, no, we're, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a, we're in a weird position because we get some advanced things from E4, which we're very happy to receive. Like, we got the you know information about the couples and mm. things like that. And then, if there's any story that comes out as the series is on, people tag us or just comments they leave. We end up seeing things, but we want to have that experience as normal viewers because that's kind of what we 
I think that's how we built this podcast is because people like the fact we're just watching along. But also, we don't want to ignore the fact that one of the one of the main cast members has given an interview that's quite uh, revelatory. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we will talk about it once we've seen the fruition of their exactly. of their story. But. Sorry, so, we, no, I was just going to say, so be assured, you can carry on listening to this and we're going to try to never do any spoilers. We're going to watch it with you in real time. Yeah. Uh, but his interview did actually link in a way to one of the questions we were given. Are you going to do the jingle? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of having Thomas or yeah. something, you can, something you can pull that like, ask me that again and I'll fuck you. <laughs> uh, so... There was a similar question by a few different people, but um, one from Trixie Beresford on Twitter, which I asked and what she said... What a great name. Well, it's her porn name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> her real name, real name's Victoria, but it was Trixie, I think it was the... the, the First pet. pet. And yeah. road that she'll Street name or something. Um, but it was sort of echoed as well by uh, another follower, Psycho Lady 666 wow. which is, ironically, that is... Uh, a real name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Trixie's question was, what are your thoughts on the fact that quite a few of them, she's listed Peggy, George, Brad, Laura, Luke, Nathaniel, have been on TV before? I think it's a bit disappointing. And Psycho mm. Lady 666 had specifically mentioned Celebs Go Dating, I think it was. Mm. So, what are our thoughts? I have thoughts. Do you want to go, <laughs> you want to go first, Claire? Well, I think you have discussed this with, before with Paul, haven't you? Mm hmm. And he said something along the lines of, just because someone's been on reality TV before, does that mean that they shouldn't get the chance to find their match? You know, they doesn't mean they're not looking for love, that kind of thing. So, you know, I guess it's a, it's a process that must require a lot of dedication compared to some other reality TV shows, I would have thought. So I think the, the context, Contestants, I was going to say. <laughs> I think the cast members that they get on must have some interest in being part of the process and finding a relationship. But I guess this, where the program's at now, they're going to get some level of fame, notoriety from it. So there's bound to be an interest also in being on TV. Otherwise, you just wouldn't go in for it at all would you well the, so, the format of the show is more geared towards fame than ever before yes because it's heightened drama it's the dinner parties it's the intruder couples it's the presenting them in all the like publicity shots beforehand which yeah. we didn't used to get yeah right. i feel disappointed i do I, I can't deny it i feel disappointed i think if i was going to be harsh against the producers it feels like a slightly lazy casting i don't know them personally i'm sure they do great jobs it feels like lazy casting because there's so many willing singles presumably in the uk who want to get married and like people are on the lookout to find their person that's what a lot of people are looking for in life they want to settle down and do life with a partner partner in crime have adventures together people are on bumble they're on tinder they're on all of the apps they're out in bars there are so many people who are presumably looking to settle down. It just feels a shame that we are then given people who've already been on TV. That's not to say they're not looking for love, but it just makes it feel a little bit more false, a little bit more orchestrated, a little bit more like they're polished sort of present, like they do want to be hmm. presenters or have, pod have podcasts. <laughs> the heavy heights of having a podcast. I think, I think it's lovely once you meet them and you see that they are real raw humans, but the whole vibe of the show feels different to how it used to feel. 
And we're obviously having at the end of this episode an interview with the unseen couple. Mm -hmm. And there's such a lovely innocence to that because they're just people who wanted to meet someone. They haven't had a minute of TV time. Yeah. And that's not their choice, but they just haven't had a minute of TV time. And they actually talk about, spoiler alert, they talk about an interview about that, about how that has affected their relationship. I just wish there was a sense of how maths used to be married up a little married no pun intended married up a little bit with some of the like excitement of how it is now i mean it's an amazing show we all watch it because of the drama but i just wish there was a little bit more of that innocence of people not being on it for the wrong reasons or being handpicked to be on it and not actually wanting mm -hmm. to get married mm. you have to be willing to get married to go on this show so if you're if you're um, approached by a casting agent because you've been on celebs go dating you're not necessarily ready to get married. You're just being asked to be on another TV show. Yeah. This show is relatively unique and then it's asking you to commit to someone permanently, potentially. So the idea of plucking people that you already know have been on TV and putting them on the show, they're not volunteering themselves. So yeah. then it's already lacking that autonomy from them. Yeah. Mm. It's, hard to, it's hard to buy into the credibility when there's someone who... Like, I'm just picking Luke. He's 30, he seems nice enough. I know I said he's made some slightly crass comments, but nothing, you know, he seems all right. Um, he's 30, he's been on a dating show before, and it's like, you know, I've exhausted all the options and things. It's like, you're 30, how have you exhausted yeah. all the options and you've been on two two dating shows? And he's not even an extreme example of someone who you would think, oh, they're definitely on for TV. And I agree with you, I just feel like they've... I think there's a balance, and I think I worry that every year it goes past... There's, there's, again, we get stuff sent to us, uh, people tag us in things. Every day I get tweets about this person's been on this program, mm -hmm. this person's been on these two programs, here's a picture of them on Celebs Go Dating, on um, uh, Take Me Out. And I just think they've gone slightly, it's going slightly too much towards the drama. I'm not saying it has to go back to completely the old format which I think you might you might prefer I really liked that for the psychological element of watching them match people and seeing real just genuine behind the scene mm. relations they were just like making their pasta in the kitchen mm -hmm. and having conversations as they un un emptied the tumble dryer yeah. it was very real and mm. normal it was in, and yes it did lack the like water cooler moments we weren't mm -hmm. talking about it as much yeah. but to watch as somebody who loves love and is interested in couples I found that really interesting and I feel like that's falling by the wayside a little bit for the arguments and for the pizzazz and for the big beautiful personalities and well I think there's a trend in TV at the moment or I wonder if it's something that's changing is that I didn't watch The Traitors last year we sort of missed out on the beginning of it and then everyone was talking about it and by the time we sort of had time to watch it it was too late but from what I understood, one of the appeals of the programme was that they were all just normal people. We'd never seen any of them before. They were just the person who works down the shop, you know, your, your um, guy who works in a bank. There was nothing, you know, to be rude about them, but there was nothing special, yeah. you know, about But that's them. their specialness, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Their very fact that they are so normal makes them special and interesting because then you feel like you're watching your friends, your family on TV actually experience this huge commitment with maths. Yeah, it's it leaves a bit of an ick, and and it's a shame because mm -hmm. we love we're going to continue watching this show. Yeah. Obviously, we love it. I just feel like you say it could be pulled back slightly, mm -hmm. and who knows, maybe next season it will. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really in a really interesting position as a program because because it's on E4 because that's a, a channel which is targeted at the youth. Obviously, you know who else would want to watch endless repeats of Big Bang Theory? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> uh, but then. 
I think the audience that watches maths is older than the channel yes. average. Mm-hmm. Everyone in this room is 40 or nearly 40. Well, right, because I can only relate this to our podcast. So obviously it's not a direct comparison because we don't have access to their data. But the people who listen to this podcast, 4% are under 27. Wow. Right? There's 80% split between 28 and 60 and it's all split evenly among amongst wow. the different groups there are as many 60 plus year olds who listen to us as 28 year olds mm, okay well, so the whole thing is that everyone who's watching is a bit older and i think just generally by our nature as old fuckers <laughs> <laughs> we don't like the drama as much i still want it like i said i want the dinner party's commitment ceremony but just a little mm. a little less and one way to to you know this whole thing with Nathaniel which again we'll come to at some point in a future episode it just feels like well this is what happens in these kind of programs and it, it, you you jump the shark eventually and people are just like oh, I'm not going to watch this because mm. none of it's credible anymore yeah is it also a bit triggers broom like what does it still have from the original <laughs> what does math season six are we on season seven this eight? is this is eight eight what does season wow. eight have that still has any essence of season one yeah if, yeah. if we don't have any of the same experts, I don't know if the production team is still the same, who they're looking for has changed so much. I don't know. I, I, have they kept any of that integrity? Mm. I'm not saying they haven't. Well, Paul, Paul's the only yeah. one who's gone from, from the old format to the new. Yeah, and I love Paul, and I do think he's a really mm. he's got so much integrity. And to be fair to him, because we started this with you saying that, that mm. um, Paul had said, oh, these people are deserving of love. But I remember asking him that question, and he did start by saying, I get it. It's it's jarring when people have been on a yeah. lot of a lot of programs. So it's not that he's blind he's blind to it, but yeah. it's a self perpetuating thing as well. Because I know you say there's people on Hinge, there's people on uh, Tinder, and all that. But once you start down this road, the pool of people who apply become the the people who want who uh, want to be famous. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like is is your is your normal person again? Uh, quotation mark going to apply? Going to apply? I, yeah. I don't know if they would now. I think there's a lot to be said about making sure there's some balance between the types of um, people who you choose to come on the programme. So I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with having people who've been on reality TV before. And seems to be all the shows they've been on before have been dating shows. They want to find love. So they so yeah, desperately. So, they yeah. so they're open to relationships. Yeah. yeah. It's just that they're on telly. And I guess there's also something perhaps for the producers or the team behind the scenes that maybe because they've been on a reality tv show before they come in with a bit of knowledge of how it works oh i'm sure maybe there's also a benefit of they're more comfortable with cameras being around them all the time and your average person who's never been on telly who's never had that experience may find that too uncomfortable at first so it actually is there some benefit to them having been on reality TV before and that they used to being on telly. So the cameras don't put them off as much of right. just being them. I don't know. It's, I'm just wondering about, is that something that actually could be a benefit of them having oh. been on something before? I, I would like that. Um, again, when you mentioned Owen and Michelle, I remember them just having to do like handy cam footage of themselves. Oh, well, oh yeah, because yeah, it was, was the really pandemic, good. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that was really And to be fair, they've not only uh, been on dating shows. Oh, okay. Uh, Thomas was on Downton Abbey. <laughs> and George was on Crime Watch. <laughs> 
I think in fairness to the producers, I do like this here, the diversity. I do that like that we've got diversity across the board in terms of sexuality and gender and ability mm. and religion and all that sort of thing. Facial tattoos. <laughs> we've got everything covered. And once you get to know the people, they are just a human being, just whether they've been on TV or not, they're a human being and we see their search for love. It's just that innocence is lost on every show. I remember listening to another podcast about um, reality TV. How <laughs> you and, it was, and it was saying the only genuine series of Big Brother was Big Brother One. Because mm. as soon as you've had a series, people know what they're, they're looking for. And so everything from Big Brother One was skewed. Mm-hmm. But Big Brother One was a genuine social experiment. And so I guess maths before it blew up was yeah. a genuine experiment, genuine marriages. Some people are still together, gorgeous. And now it's sort of exploded and it's it's just, it's almost become bigger than itself. Mm-hmm. We thought we will talk about the intruder couples now because we've been sent some information about them, which you can find on our Instagram if you want to have a look. And then you get to see the images as well. Um, I've so got the ick got... from the first three. I've got the ick from the first three words. Proud mummy's boy. Mm. That's the first guy. Is that, is Read a guy? bit further down. There's a bit more ick. I know. JJ. He's a guy who was in LA dating models. Yeah, he's fed up with that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit bored of that. How boring. Bloody tiring. To be honest with you. <laughs> I think you would get bored of that actually. <laughs> oh, I actually think he's being stitched up here by whoever wrote the copy. They've used proud Essex boy, proud mummy's boy, dating LA models, and he loves. Oh, it just feels like he's really being stitched up because that does not sound like <laughs> they're painting him in a certain light. Aren't and he's they? also got his own fra- fashion brand. I was just wow. going to. Say fashion brand. I said fresh. Fr- I'm really into my fashion. <laughs> and then we have um, quite a Jack Grealish lookalike. If you're looking on the Instagram, Jordan, age 26, personal trainer. Cheeky There we go. A lot of personal trainers on maths. I feel like that's an Instagrammable yes. job, yeah. and maybe they're found by the casting directors. This is a real cynic in me coming out now. Because <laughs> if they're doing the like gym selfies, yeah. I'll tell you what though. My favourite one is still Adam. From, from uh, series six because you, you I like, like his, his Instagram his, his videos are very helpful <laughs> yeah because it's all basically like it's all about eat what you want uh, calorie yeah, deficit just that's don't it worry about it. <laughs> yeah. no it's very um, informative I know who you yes. mean and then they, they're saying things like um, Jordan's officially given up on conventional dating the boy's 26 26 <laughs> yeah. how can he have given up on conventional dating it's too early to give up I mean, too early to get married. And he's not—he's not a bad-looking boy. I don't understand. Anyway, then we have—I think we have possibly a gay couple. There's two. Yeah, there's well, I re- there, there were five five grooms that had been sent through and three brides. So fortunately, fortunately that Claire's more intelligent than I am. She realised that that'd been a gay, um, a gay especially, male couple. Especially as it says Mark is looking for his Mister Right. <laughs> so Omar missed that clue. <laughs> Mark's very smiley very smiley underneath the glitz and glam is a fun loving man um, and then we have Matt Yorkshire very little lad. written about Matt I notice yeah. comparatively well, well he's he just another northerner he's just a humble window cleaner and athlete wow. <laughs> that he is seemed, a combo yeah. yeah and then we have Sean fashion savvy Sean who is from very close to us he's Durham. from Durham Durham yes very and nearby from the brides we have I thought Adrienne yeah She's in Cumbria. Left the family home at 15, fiercely wow. independent. I feel like she's going to be an interesting character. Is she, she one who uh, lost, oh, she's eight lost, sto- eight <gasps> she's, she's lost eight stone? Oh, she's lost eight stone. Okay. Un- unbelievable. 
and then Bianca, hair extension specialist, glam girl, struggled with self-doubt. Um, yeah. As, as her 30s grow closer, she doesn't want to be alone forever. <laughs> wow. And then Erica's only 25, because I think the youngest so far is Tasha, who's yeah. 25 as well. So yeah. that's another young one. She's a dance teacher. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, the intruders is part of this new format that is yeah. injecting Let's more drama. We don't need anything shaken up. It's sh- it's on such shaky ground already. <laughs> it's like, can we deal with any more shake? Yeah. And four couples is a lot to come in a bit later. Well, our couples that we have now, we haven't actually seen them all together yet, have we? No. no. So we've got that to come before what? these intruder couples even coming in. Feels like we don't even know I the know. group dynamic I yet. I feel like they're intruding before there's anything to intrude. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one's been together yet. Yeah, it's the tonight, Tuesday is the last round of honeymoons for this first mm. group. So mm. George, Peggy, Paul, Tasha, Brad, Shona, Terence, Portia. Their honeymoon's tonight. Then dinner party Wednesday, commitment ceremony Thursday. I, I, get, I think all these, this new new lot will be coming in towards the end of next week. Right. Okay. So mm. there's still a, way, still a way to go before they, before they come in. So that feels early. For intruder couples. Feels really early. Because normally two, we get, like, three. the group dynamics are kind of quite established before they put them in. I think there will have been... To kind of mix things up a little bit. By the time they come in, I think there will have been two dinner parties oh, okay. and two commitment, cere- okay. two commitment ceremonies. Mm. And then they'll, then they'll come in. I always look forward to the commitment ceremonies because it's mm. like you get the nice, calm voices of the experts bringing a little bit of that old vibe back of yeah. here. I mean, I know the commitment ceremonies is part of the new format, but hearing the voices of reason I really quite like when that's brought in yeah. and people are pulled up for maybe their misbehaviour or their yeah I think I always find this just every year as a viewer I, I never even used to bother watching the weddings I think when we first got sucked <laughs> into the Australian I didn't I didn't care especially because you can pick this programme up at any point and yeah. just get yeah, sucked into true. it yeah by the time we get to dinner parties or honeymoon well even when they show a honeymoon episode I'm like just need a bit of a change from the weddings mm. so dinner parties commitment ceremony I'm looking forward to Me too. and then yeah it'll, it'll definitely kick off and the drama we've been complaining about which we all actually quite enjoy as well <laughs> it's coming soon yeah. Yeah. such hypocrites <laughs> so stay tuned for our interview with the unseen couple from a previous series of maths and tune in again on Friday when we'll have some dinner party and first commitment ceremony gossip so we'll see you then or you'll hear from us then <laughs> yep yeah, so from me Omar Beach, goodbye and from me Sarah Clark from me Claire Limro goodbye until Friday rah <laughs> rah <laughs> nice <laughs> well done you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewellery Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So now we're joined by a couple who had a successful relationship, still together, have a two-year-old child, but you've never heard of them. <laughs> Ali and Paul, welcome. Hi. Hi. <laughs> that was a good intro. It was. <laughs> you happy with that? Paul, I'm disappointed this is an audio platform because you're wearing a fabulous Hawaiian shirt. I know, yeah, I just uh, whacked out the wardrobe. <laughs> or I better wear something. <laughs> you, two, you two look very gorgeous together, I must say. I'm excited to hear about your journey on maths and I'm just puzzled why we never got to see your love story. Yeah, what, what happened? <laughs> So we, we both applied to be on the 2020 um, Series 5 of Maths and we went through like six weeks of filming, found out we had matches and then... Got my wedding dress. Got wedding dress, I got my wedding suit. Uh, Stag, had the stag and Hindus. Yeah, and then we ended up um, being caught out by COVID. Um, two days before we were supposed to get married, everything got cancelled. And then we were just like, in my head, I'm thinking, am I even going to even ever going to even meet this girl that I've been matched with? Um, like all I knew about her was her name and like a little bit from the prenup that we had to sign because our weddings were actually legal, like actual weddings mm -hmm. um, that I, I believe they're not now um, in the current format. But we had to give our notice to marriage. Everything was really ready yeah. to go. And then basically COVID Hit and it got stopped, didn't it? It got stopped. So yeah, like um, I spoke to the producers and they they were saying, oh, "It's only going to be a couple of weeks." We all know it wasn't a couple of weeks lockdown. We know now. Um, <laughs> I, I said, "I don't think it is, guys." Like I'm looking at what's going on in Italy, and I think we're in a bit of trouble here. Um, and then anyway, two days later, um, to cut a long story short, they uh, basically agreed to let us meet on Skype. Um, which was the only way that they could do it safely at the time because we were in lockdown and um, they recorded it for the show. Um, and I just remember like we, we actually have the footage because um, we filmed it on our YouTube channel of us meeting for the first time. I just remember Ali's little face appearing on the screen and I was just like, oh my God. She's hot. <laughs> I, was, well, I, couldn't, I couldn't imagine what my face would have been like if we'd met at the R like we were supposed to, but like... I remember thinking I was going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> so then... So much nerves. Yeah. So then when the producers told you, though, that, well, it's not going to happen, there was... was the, What was the dominant feeling? Were you not slightly relieved as well as disappointed? I weren't, I weren't relieved or disappointed. I was upset that potentially by the way that they worded things in in the um emails and conversations that we had that we were, weren't going to meet until they could get us married which i thought would probably never happen because i like we all know lockdown was like two years um i think it was the worrying thoughts of like are we ever going to meet yeah like how long is it going to be um 
will it ever happen? Do you know what I mean? Because it could have been months. Um, obviously, at that time, we didn't know. So we, And I think psychologically, we were so prepared and ready to be married mm. and on a set day. And then it was like, oh, well, when, when and if is this going to happen? But certainly to your question, Omar, we, I was relieved when they said we weren't going to be on the show anymore. Oh. I, like, I did a little cheer to myself like, yes! <laughs> because, like, because I wasn't doing it for, you know, for fame no, no, I think I think that's something that's quite similar with everyone that was on our series. Everyone was doing it like to find a partner, not to be famous. Oh, yeah, no, Paul was upset. You wanted to be on um, television. Well, yeah, fame. It, it would have been nice to be on Graham Norton, right? You know, get to pull the little handle to make people flip <laughs> in that chair. That would be cool. But <laughs> but no, I was I was I wasn't too upset about it because like, I already had you. So. Yeah, yeah. We got what I wanted. <laughs> Lovely. So there was a point where you felt like the producers and the experts were dangling this perfect partner that they'd found for you. And you knew that like the one, capital T, capital O, had potentially been found for you. And you might never meet them. I can't imagine how frustrating and tantalising that might feel that you you knew your wedding date and then COVID comes and it's like, oh, we have this perfect person. Oh, never mind. You might never see them. So when they set up the Skype... Was there an immediate attraction for both of you? Did you just start talking and realise you were a perfect match? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like going back to the experts, so Paul Carrot Brunson was one of our experts, Dr. Angela Smith and Genevieve Gresser. And all three of them were like in no doubt that we would like find each other attractive and like something beautiful could happen between us. They kept saying stuff like, oh, like, you're the one my one of the couples that we've got everything pinned on um because they really wanted a success in series five um they've got owen michelle who are having a baby soon congratulations to them um but you know if if the series had gone on how it should have gone uh you would have had three yeah couples. so in our series there was four matches two you never got to see on tv because of covid and two you did get to see on tv and owen michelle was one of them but our week our weekend when we were supposed to get married there was also another couple match that didn't get married and weren't on tv and they're still together and married as well so wow. out of four matches on our year of married at first sight three are still together and there's two babies one in michelle's belly and our daughter yeah. so it was a <laughs> Congratulations. You know, success on our year, which was amazing. Mm. That is unbelievable. And part of me, the cynic in me is thinking, well, that's because the old format was so beautiful and pure and it was about the relationships and it was about the personalities and there was so much care taken. And now obviously we know that there's a drama element that's been added. Wow. And yeah. Really explosive TV. And I'm not going to say I don't like it because I love it, but there's something beautiful <laughs> about the old format. And you guys you're one of the success stories. But like you said, they're not even rare, these success stories. They're actually, the experts were genuinely placing people together they thought would be perfect for each other. Yeah, they, they, would, know, they were saying, if, if like Genevieve would say all the time, if, if we don't, like when they're questioning you, because like, they question you all the time, um, they were like, right, if we don't find a match for you, um, like, how are you going to feel? And I was like, well, you know, if you've not found someone for me, then I don't want to be put with someone that, I won't get on with. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they were really adamant that they were only going to put us with someone that would work, and it did. So yeah, 
Well, before our series, there'd never been, we were series five, there'd never been a, um, a successful match. So that year they brought in Paul Brunson, Jen and Angela and said, look, it has to work this year. So I think that's why they put so much, this is before Maths Australia, this is why they put so much emphasis on it and um, I guess investigations and mm. research all behind the scenes to make sure they were matching people that were going to work and they got three, three successes that year. Absolutely amazing. I'm curious to know, after that Skype call where you first met each other, were you then... Were you told you weren't going to be on TV? Were you given each other's contact details? How did your relationship progress? So we, in the, in the phone call, we gave each other our numbers. Um, Ali was very old-fashioned and wrote it down in a notebook, <laughs> <laughs> which I found very, very cute. <laughs> um, then after that, it was probably like, what, maybe two weeks after we met on Skype that they phoned us up in a Zoom meeting and they were like, look, the um, Director General of Channel 4 doesn't think that if we put you guys in the show, it's going to make sense because you didn't get married at first sight. Uh, so we're going to drop you from the show. Oh, and um, we were both quite happy about that, to be fair. Yeah. Like, because we both got what we wanted. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I was going to say, it's almost like you got a free partner on Channel 4's bug, <laughs> but you didn't have to do any of the, like, you didn't have to get trolled. Or, yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. Like, there's there's no judgment from the outside world at all. And it was just like, it was freedom and we got everything we wanted. And, and Genevieve Gresset is actually a um, like professional matchmaker. That's like her business and everything. And she's very expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got um, a professional matchmaking service. And, and Paul's very expensive. And Paul, Paul's very expensive as well. And he's actually like genuinely like a really, really nice guy. Um, you know, like he, he dressed me up for the uh, Skype call. It was hilarious. He told me before, he was like, where are you going to do the Skype call, man? I was like, oh, I'll do it in the kitchen. And he was like, all right, well, let's see the lighting. And then like, oh, like I love it. he was like, I'll, I'll wear this. Like <laughs> it was, it was brilliant. Like to have, like have him have my back for like me and me and Ali for the first time. So yeah, that was cool. Well, one of the one of the I guess standard questions for for people who've who've been on Married at First Sight is what what kind of led you to that point? Because even with the old format, in fact, more so with the old old format because it is a legal marriage. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a huge step. So it's a real obviously big commitment. It, yeah. Why, why did Why didn't you just use Tinder? <laughs> Well, both of us were using Tinder and we found hey. like, you know, we, we, we got, both of us got tired of the thank you next culture that that has. Internet dating is so hard. I did it for about four years, not like every day, every weekend. Like I'd have a burnout, I'd date, go on dates for a few months and then be like, oh, no more. And then I just happened to be watching for the first time Gogglebox with my dad and Married at First Sight came on and I was like, what? is this <laughs> and I applied and they weren't even um they weren't even like recruiting or anything at that time but I just thought this is it this is for me I had this strong knowing that I was going to be on the show and I don't know why and then so I applied in the April of 2019 they contacted me October 2019 to start the process. So I was in the process of like all the psychological checks, sexual health checks, all the checks you can think of. They do sexual health checks? Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, I just yeah. heard that. I was like, God, go check if I heard that right. <laughs> Psychologist, everything. So I did it for five months and I just had this strong feeling of like, surely I'm getting matched because of course, like, why is it going on for five months now? <laughs> and then in the February, they told me um, they found him. How did you feel in that in that moment, Ali? How did you feel when they said, we've found someone for you? I think I just knew. I just knew. But I was like, I want, I, and they kept saying, he's everything you've asked for, but more. Oh. So I was like really excited. Like it was full of like so much, like there's zero negative thoughts. Just like, um, and I, and then the, you have to wait another six weeks for like the wedding dress, the Hindus, all the filming and everything. And I just didn't want to wait that six weeks. I just wanted it to like happen now. <laughs> I was really impatient. I was like, okay. I'm ready now to meet him. <laughs> and I've got a question because I know some of the female listeners might be interested in this, not to gender um, stereotype, but in terms of like choosing your wedding dress and stuff like that, did Channel 4 give you a budget? Are you allowed to just pick anything you like? Yeah, I think it was like a thousand pounds. And I remember um, there was this wedding shop, two wedding shops in my local town that I kept driving past on my way home from work. And I was like, I'm going to get my dress from there. And then production called them and they said, oh, can we film in your shop? And one of them said no. And then the other one said, oh, what's her budget? And they said a thousand pounds. And they're like, oh, we don't think we've got anything in here for that value. Oh. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm not OK with that sort of behaviour. I just thought, like, how snobby. <laughs> so my friend mentioned that um, there was this charity shop that had a bridal boutique in it in my town. So I got the dress from there, from a charity oh. shop. You two are brilliant. You're so genuine. And even these little details, you can just tell. The fact you got your dress from a, like a pre-loved section. I love that. I absolutely love that. I also found it really meta when you said you were watching Gogglebox. You basically, you were watching with your dad, people watching, married at first sight. <laughs> like there's so many degrees separated from something that then found you your husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're only that far from applying for a goggle box instead of married <laughs> <laughs> What about you? That'd be good on that. Oh, my dad would be amazing. <laughs> and Paul, were you just sick of the dating scene as well, the cyclical burnout? So I'd, I'd been in a quite toxic relationship and just got out of one. I went on holiday, came back, tried a bit of dating. The dating side of things, the especially for me, like I'm a train driver, so I work shifts. It just did work. Like most people on Monday to Friday and then want to do something on the weekend. I'm working on weekends or up early the next day. So, you know, these like, like dates would like blossom, but they wouldn't go any further than just dating it because people would just be like, oh, I, I, I need to be around someone a bit more. Well, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I've got a job that doesn't allow me to do that. So they'd come off the rails. Yeah. Well, it did go off the rails. (laughs) I like the train puns. (laughs) Um, So then I came home one night from work and I literally saw on Facebook that they were, there was an application for married at first sight going on. I thought. Was it like an advert? Yeah. It was like a Facebook advert um, by the production company, I believe. And I was like, got nothing to lose. Like thinking, I won't get very far, but let's just like see how it goes. So I applied, and then like literally the next day, I got a phone call from someone in production, like asking me loads of questions. I was like, "What the (laughs) hell is this? Like, what's going on?" And then, then um, 
like all of a sudden like that they were like oh yeah we we have because you I, I didn't go to the um what was it singles day when they have everyone turn up in that office space yeah, in London so it's to do like tests an audition you. where you actually go and meet the experts like and they sort of like guess psychoanalyze you and all of that mm. sort of stuff so basically Paul came into it really late so he missed out on a lot of the process whereas I was in it for five months you were in it for like two weeks yeah, well I literally, I literally had to do everything she'd done in five months in yeah. two weeks yeah. <laughs> like all of these like psycho like psychoanalytic exams and like get them off like literally five minutes later and I was like right I mean okay this is this is quite weird that they're like pushing me to do all of these tests as quick as possible well I'd done them and then um they were like oh you haven't been on camera um we usually do that and see it the uh singles day so we're gonna send some guys around to like just kind of get you used to being on camera in case you're successful I thought nothing of it I'm thinking yeah, like, we'll, see. We'll, we'll see what's happening here and then yeah they punked me because um they wanted to film a video of me having a uh, Skype with uh, Genevieve, one of the experts. So we're Skyping away, and then like halfway through the conversation, she just goes, "So yeah, Paul, uh, you got a match?" I was like, "I'm literally like <laughs> mouth's gone. What? How has this happened? Like, I didn't think I'd get it would get this far. Like, what the hell?" And then I found out Ali's name was Ali, and I was like, "Okay, right. This is this is absolutely nuts." And then they like interviewed me like directly after. Um, I kept looking straight down the camera lens and kept getting told off. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was, I was just like, oh my God, how has this happened? I was just like <laughs> in, in complete and utter shock that I actually had a match. Yeah, and then I wanted to tell me. everyone. But they were like, you can't tell anyone because we've got to film like genuine yeah, reactions. You've got, you have to sign an NDA so you can't actually tell anyone either. You genuinely can't tell your closest friends or family. Not even. They wanted they wanted us to tell them on camera so yeah. that they got a genuine, mm. like, shocked reaction. Um, and then they get them to all to sign NDAs. <laughs> I think it's interesting. I don't know what you think, Omar, but I think with the more modern series, everyone's heard of maths now. So I think the, the shock element is lessened because people are like, mum and dad I'm doing this crazy thing mm. I'm marrying a stranger they're like oh is it on channel 4 at 9pm and it's like no. a <laughs> format whereas in your day not to hark back <laughs> three years <laughs> but I think it is more of well I wonder I think everyone's always wondered because we've all seen those scenes of where they tell the parents and mm. then going, well the parents must know something's going on because there's a camera crew in the kitchen yes so <laughs> what do they what, what do they, they tell what's the ruse well, they, they literally did, done the same ruse that they'd done on me. Like, they were like, like I, they told my dad, like, me to tell my mum and my dad, oh, um, you know, just in case I'll get on the show, they're going to come around with camera and try and get you comfortable with it, just in case. Oh, so they do That's know that you've applied, thing. sorry, they do know you've applied for Married at First Sight, your parents? Yeah, my mum my mum and dad both knew that I'd applied for it. Um, I don't think either of them thought that I'd, like, we'd get a match and... Like they'd have a grandkid out of it. So. <laughs> um, yes, but Paul also applied for another TV show at the time of applying for Married at First Sight. So they could they could have thought it was that. He applied to yeah. that show. What was it called? The Repair Shop Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my nan left me a um, a really nice like swivelly chair and it's like absolutely destroyed. So I wanted to try and get that fixed on there. 
Has it, has it sorted yet? No, no, it's up in the garage. <laughs> yeah, I told you, like, it to be famous. <laughs> thinking is like, I either want a really nice chair or a wife, and I'm not sure which is my priority. Chair wife, chair wife, chair wife. Yeah. <laughs> Just to stick on the on the um, the psychological testing and everything, because obviously you can only speak for your own experience, but especially in more recent years, there's always been a discussion about how have they let in people who seem to have psychological issues or, you know, under, and then they're put under so much strain. Do you think they could have done much more testing on you? I mean, it sounds pretty rigorous what you went through. I, I can't speak about what they're doing currently, but yeah, no, I don't think so. They, they had, um, I think his name's Dr. Howie, isn't it? Yeah, the they have an external doctor. So Channel 4's separate doctor to psychoanalyze you and everything. And he's also there to support you, not Channel 4. And he'll give you advice like, if you don't want to do that and they might be pushing you to do something, say no. Um, so that was good. And then you had the in-house um, psychologist who was one of the matches. And they also check your medical records. And I believe one of the reasons for that is to check if there's any underlying psychological conditions. Because if there is, then obviously they don't want to put someone that's vulnerable. Or back then, they didn't want to put someone that was vulnerable on there. So I feel... And then we did all the other tests as well. Mm. So I feel like they did. I think they did, yeah. But I feel, feel like the biggest problem with the psychological element of it is the trolling. Because... The um, psychotherapist said to me, how are you going to feel about being on TV? And I said, well, I don't know because I've never been on TV, nor have I ever wanted to. So I can't answer that question. And I was worried about the trolling because you can be the nicest, best person in the world and you're still going to get trolled. So I was worried about that. And I think that's one of the biggest issues, really. Yeah. Which well, makes I got trolled in the newspaper, didn't I? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, we we done a bit of press when Penelope was born, and uh, yeah, some comments on the in the comment section on the website versions of the the stories. Like some guy thought I looked like a penguin, which was <laughs> like, all right, you like seven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I seem to have got all of it, but like, yeah, it was like loads of people calling me a simp, and I'm I like, well, you know what that is? Well, like under the thumb. Well, yeah, like it's, it's like under the thumb or like willing to do anything to be with a woman and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Didn't know what that was. Those uh, comment sections are best avoided. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If you are ever in the newspaper, just never go on like the Daily Mail's comment section. <laughs> the penguin comment is just laughable. I mean, come on. Who calls someone a penguin? <laughs> Seven year old. Yeah, it does. Sound- <laughs> to be fair, penguins are quite cute. So I, yeah. I suppose I should yeah. take that. Yeah, there's definitely been worse things said about people who've been on that. I agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do, would either of you apply for the show in its in its you know it, its season? Current, personality. No, I don't think so. It's it's given it's definitely given me like um, Love Island vibes, like really attractive built blokes. I'm I'm not I'm not big at all. I've got a belly, um, thanks to this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a massive fan of um, altercations either. I kind of like, if there's one going on, like a verbal one, I kind of like shut down and get really, really quiet. So mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't be like entertaining for them either. So, yeah. I feel the same way because um, I am quite shy and I, I'm good at defending, but I'd never attack someone and I would never be um, 
stealing someone's husband. Do you know what I mean? So like, I feel like we would be really boring or we would be the victims. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I don't think it's Love Island vibes, but I definitely feel it's drama and I wouldn't enjoy that. And I and I, I don't know, like sometimes the new math series, they say, oh, I wasn't looking for a husband. And I've always thought, well, why did you apply for the show? You know, like, sometimes they have those comments of like, okay. I'm not looking for a husband. And I thought, well, that's all they've, all they've been like, like approached by the production company to be on the show yeah. rather than applying to be on it themselves. The number of times I've shouted at the TV, it's called Married at Birdside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my question is, it does sound like you, you guys dodged a bullet in terms of you got your relationship and you're gorgeous together, but you didn't have to be on TV. Is there any small part of you that wishes it was captured forever in that time capsule where you could watch it, show your grandchildren, this is how grandma and granddad met, and you almost wish you had been on the show? Yeah, a little bit of me is yeah. like, would have liked that. Yeah. Um, definitely. No. Yeah. For, think, for the memories and stuff. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, we missed out on how we were supposed to meet, i.e. Skype and the wedding day. So I feel like we missed out on a beautiful wedding and it would have been really That's lovely. one thing, both of us, like whenever we watch the show, mm. um, when when our series went out and like the previous two series, we we're, were just sitting there thinking, oh, what would our wedding be yeah. like? <laughs> so, you know, you yeah. kind of get like wedding envy a little bit. Like when you when you see all of these like beautiful venues and stuff, we, all we know is that our venue was going to be in London. That's literally all we knew because um, they were keeping all of that secret from everyone. And after but, your Skype call, you obviously exchanged numbers. Did you then feel like you were an engaged couple because you'd been set up to marry? Did, was it very much like an escalated relationship where you already felt quite invested or were you just strangers? Yeah. Like, look, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Like, when I found out the name, so Ali, I'm starting to have feelings for this name. Like, throughout the whole filming process. Um you know, I think it was like maybe four weeks that I found. So from the time that we should have met from when I found out. So, but every day I'm like, I wonder what Ali's up to. Like, I wonder if she's like worried about this, what about that. And yeah, I started finding myself having feelings for this, this name, this girl that I've never met before we've even met. Um, but her question was, um, did you feel engaged? I would say when, when we found out we won't get married anymore, I said, well, let's just be, partners girlfriend and boyfriend yeah and then Paul did propose later (laughs) later down the line which was absolutely amazing because you know we weren't you know we weren't engaged once it got cancelled do you know what I mean so it kind of was like okay well let's just do this in our own time Mm. um and yeah and then it all happened didn't it did, but you were automatically a couple you just it it was that it was almost like a given that You'd met on Skype, you'd give it a go. The show was cancelled. Your, your participation in the show was cancelled. But for you guys, there was no, all right, well, let's just leave it then. You wanted to be. Oh, t- no. <laughs> Definitely not, no. Maybe um, if we did, maybe if we did, weren't matched very well, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, like uh, after our first Skype call, I think we were on the phone for maybe two hours after. And then every day. And then every day, like, <sighs> and then eventually you were able to work from home and then we locked down together. So. This is what. Um, so this is what I was just going to ask. Like once the the lockdown and everything came into place, we saw on the show that Owen and Michelle decided to to live together. Yeah. So that's that's what you did as well. So the first time you met, you went into lockdown together. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I drove all the way down to uh, pick Ali up, 
And then we had the whole car journey home, chatting and like getting to know each other a bit more like in actual bodily form <laughs> together. Yeah, you only brought enough clothes for a couple of weeks, just yeah, in case. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> Never left, have you? Never left, no. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Without the pressures of the show and the producers telling you, you need to have this, we need to have this scene and we need to have that scene. And you need, to, you guys decided just to almost make your own experiment <laughs> where you went for it. Yeah. 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 Like we I didn't think of it like that. No, yeah. No, yeah. Like, like we, the only thing that we, we had to like decide on was like Ali coming up here. Cause I couldn't go and drive trains anywhere else. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck in like mm. Bristol. Yeah. No, we, we both decided when, Ali could work from home. That was the right time to like, give it a go, and yeah, never looked back really. So yeah, it's great. Did you have the full support of your families and friends when you said we're not doing the show, but we really feel like we've been matched well? I'm going to move in with this man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think they were really happy when the show wasn't going ahead. Just it was, it was at the time of uh, horribly to say it was at the time of Caroline Flax passing was that that was when we were actually getting filmed and everything so the trolling was massively in the media at the time um so I think my friends and family were all like oh thank goodness you don't have to go through that trolling because we we all knew we were going to get it the other couples all knew they were going to get it everyone got it you know and even the recent series now they all get trolled so mm. they were really happy of us for the matching and the success with that and just so happy that we weren't going to be on tv yeah but I, <laughs> just moving in together was amazing and like i'd lived in we live in uh, western supermarket and i'd lived here for like three years before you moved in i think and I'd never really explored the local area. So when we were doing our like one healthy walk a day, we'd go somewhere new. Um, and it was somewhere that I hadn't even seen. So it was new for me as well as Ali, which was really nice. Cause Ali's like a bit of a, like that your dad calls you doings cause you're always doing something. Yeah. I'm an adventure girl. <laughs> and, doing. Yeah. It really got me out of like my shell to like go outside and like explore the local area too. So yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. Like, when, uh, when you're going through the application process, what was it that you'd each ask, asked for from a potential Good partner? Question. Thank you. <laughs> a penguin. A sexy little penguin. <laughs> I remember writing it down. It was like um, a go-getter. I wanted someone that grabbed life by the horns um, and was romantic and kind. Kind was like huge. Um, but I also wanted someone that was adventurous and positive. I think that was all I asked for. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. What did you ask for? It was pretty similar. I wanted someone, like, because I've been in a toxic relationship before, I just wanted someone that would be, like, kind and nice and, you know, like, I wanted I wanted to feel like I was part of the team with someone. Um, and you did ask for a blonde. I think he was a little bit sad about that. He <laughs> <laughs> did. Ali, she sounds blonde. <laughs> 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 you specifically asked for a blonde. The expert I might have said. me. Yeah, I might. <laughs> the listeners should know here that Ali is a brunette with long, beautiful, dark hair. Not a blonde, but absolutely stunning. Yeah, they, they, they ask you questions like, what what, what do you find attractive in a girl? Like, big girl, small girls, blonde, brunette. They ask you that, like, Pretty much every them. single time you're on the phone call with them, they'll ask you if you still find the same things attractive. They do ask about um, what you what, what you find physically attractive. It's not all just about um, personality. Yeah. And I did specifically say tall. Yes. And you got tall. Yeah. Do you, do you think they keep asking you about your, your physical preferences? Because 
when you're first asked that question, there's almost a politeness barrier where you don't want to sound like you're being too harsh about certain certain looks or body types or what have you. But the more you're asked it, they're gradually going to glean what you what you actually like. I think so. I think that was like part of it. I think I was being really polite because I kept saying, "Oh, it's more about the personality, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And then my be- then they call your best friends and mm. they call your ex partners as well. Paul Carrot Brunson calls your family and friends and sometimes your partners as well. So my best, he was on the phone to my best friend, like, like just checking on uh, what I liked and stuff. And, and she said, Paul, make sure he's good looking. <laughs> <laughs> Ali's being too kind and polite. She won't say, <laughs> don't match me with someone unattractive. Um, and I didn't tell her to say this either. And she was like, I, I just had to say it. I had to tell Paul that he has to find you someone attractive <laughs> because otherwise he might be stuck. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it, Paul spoke to one of my ex-girlfriends as well, for a girl from uni. And that was a very, very, very difficult conversation. <laughs> to phone her up and be like, would you mind, uh, I've I've done something. <laughs> I've, uh, I've applied for a show. Um, and one of the experts wants to talk to you. What show is it? Married at First Sight? You what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, she she like, very kindly spoke to Paul about stuff. I don't actually know what they talked about. They were so thorough. And then you can see that the results are positive because you guys are an amazing match. You're still together. You have little Penelope, who's two. And obviously, we know there's other success stories. Are you in touch with Owen and Michelle or the other yeah. couple? Yeah. yeah, yeah, we were in touch with Owen and Michelle. Um, like, really happy for them. Like, yeah, like they're pregnant at the moment, and looks like they're moving down south yeah. again yeah. Um, to be closer to family. So, yeah, it's, it's looking. We actually quite... had a group chat as well for quite was quite some time. Um, and it was called I think it was the most successful maths match ever, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, <laughs> but well, yeah, most most compatible. Oh, most compatible. Most maths. compatible. <laughs> It does make me wonder, obviously, I'm new to this podcast, maths is going to be, you know, we're going to be discussing it week in, week out. I do wonder whether things are cyclical. Will it come full circle and they'll go back to the old format? Because it is so fascinating to watch genuine, authentic relationships blossom. And I think that's that's missing because the old format of maths is gorgeous. It's very different to the new format, but we can keep that as the Aussie one. You know, the Aussie one could be the wild one we watch and the British one. I don't know. I, I, I wonder if there's a place for both. You could have like... Maths authentic and maths drama, and you could have both <laughs> both versions. It should have turned into like a a British institution, really. Of like, this is what happens if you actually do this properly. But what happened? I spoke to Paul Carrick Brunson about this when we met up with him. Is that um, October twenty twenty our season aired, and then Maths Australia came out after that, and it was so much more popular mm. and. Mm. Everyone was in lockdown and everyone was watching it. And we'd never had Maths Australia on the UK TV before, but they were trying to fill airtime and it became so popular. So, of course, it it wiped old maths out of the water because it was just more entertaining. So yeah. that's why. And if there wasn't COVID, all four couples would have been shown on our season. So it would have shown how successful it was. And probably without COVID, the Maths Australia wouldn't have come over. Maybe. That's what I think. Yeah, well, I th- the thing is that the format that you were involved in, it's not like there's a shortage of drama because I watched it at the, at the I got sucked into that totally, Maths Australia, during lockdown. I'm 
exactly the person that um, uh, <laughs> Harry Brunson is talking about. So when I saw that the UK one was on, your, your series, I watched that one as well. And I was furious at Shireen. Like, it's not that there's a shortage of drama in that, in that format. It's yeah. just people were used to the, to the Australian version. So, you know, and you get, even if your series had been complete, it wouldn't have been three months worth every night, you know. No, well, there's, only, there's only like four couples in our one. And I think- you had your opinions watching series five when it aired on Shireen and David, was it? I think David. Yeah, yeah but having got to know um, like Shireen, and knowing what goes on, on on the filming side of things, like you know, it, it can be edited to make people look mm-hmm. worse than they actually are. Yeah. Um, I think sadly, words can be put in your mouth, and they do. Yourself. They do try to direct you in a way to say something. So if you if you say any sentence, they'll be like, "Oh, can you say it like this?" Progressively. Well, that, that completely changes the context of what I'm actually saying. Or you can be encouraged to say things that you probably would have kept to yourself, you know, in your mind. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's tea on, Yeah, this is great. This is what we need to hear. It's filled with all the behind <laughs> the scenes. Because people do wonder, I think, how much puppet master, mastery goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I would say quite a lot. Yeah, and for your series, which was more authentic, it's interesting to hear that it was it was happening then. So of course, it's happening to a greater degree now. I would imagine they've got to sort of create a story, and they wanted me to be like I know for certain they wanted me to be Bridget Jones. <laughs> um, yeah, like this is my last chance at love. Oh gosh, stuff. And they were like, oh we be really unhappy if it doesn't work? And I was like, no, actually, I won't because I've still got a great life. And of course, that's not the answer they want. Yeah. wanted me to say yes I'm going to be devastated if this doesn't work but you know it, you, you, you can only be yourself but you are certainly pushed to, to say things you, that you don't believe sometimes or, or word it in a way that you it comes across worse than what you meant as yeah, well yeah. Um, it was it was quite quite well, I had like quite a moral like kind of outlook on it I was like well if I don't believe in what they're asking me to say I'm just not going to say it and like there was a couple of times where I turned around to the producer and I'd just be like yeah I'm not saying that mate <laughs> no way in hell am I saying that so and then you got dropped <laughs> well yeah yeah maybe that's the reason maybe that's the reason they knew I was uncooperative <laughs> I suppose though get similar to that question about your, your physical preferences just the amount of time that they must spend filming you and it's an unusual situation so it's it's harder for you to maintain that. I'd imagine, you know, look, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying that. Actually, I am tired, and this person you've paired me with is just annoying me a bit. And you, you know, you maybe exaggerate your responses a little bit, just because it's it's a lot of stress, isn't it? And sometimes well, you don't know what to say, and you've still got to say something, and it's like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, it's like for for me, it was it's quite like every single day I had a day off, they would come and film. So. I never, I didn't actually have a day off for like a good six weeks up until everything got cancelled because we were still we working. Was, we, you know, we didn't get paid to do the show. We were still working and they'd film us on our days off. So we were pretty tired, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Is there no payment at all, even for like a day rate? Nope, no, nothing. legal. No, nothing at all. Oh, okay. So there's really no, you know, nobody could accuse you of any ulterior motive, you know, to be unpaid not even your, your your segment not even to make it to air but obviously you've come away with this beautiful love story i just 
I'm so pleased for you guys, honestly. It's quite funny, like when we meet people and they ask how we met and we're like, oh yeah. Because <laughs> like now it's like so far like in the past of our story, like we're three, three years on now and you're like, oh yeah, we've we done something nuts actually. <laughs> Do you have anything to show them in terms of, did you have any like headshots done for the show, any publicity photos? Have you got anything to show for it that proves you were on? Um, we yeah. got the invite. <laughs> <laughs> The invite to our wedding in 2020. Um, yes. We got the wedding rings. We got, um, we had to do handy cam footage. So oh, yeah. um, we both had a handy cam and we'd be documenting, talking to it about how we were feeling, feeling that six weeks we'd be in film. So we got all of that because we put That's it on our lovely. And we still got our wedding dress, his suit. We've still got our bridesmaid dresses, the wedding rings. So, I mean, the uh, the thing is, we our payment would have been the wedding day, but of course we didn't get that. So we're now currently saving, and we've booked our wedding for next year, haven't we? In Brighton, have, yeah. Brighton. So, oh, you're not married yet? No. no. So cancelled, and then obviously weddings didn't really open up properly until last year, did they? And of course we had a baby. And so, I took my sweet time to um, propose as well. <laughs> so we. We, first of all, we didn't want to get married with the COVID restrictions and we, I was pregnant and we just had a baby. So, yeah, we've got it booked now for June next year in Brighton. Oh, congratulations. Because well, Oprah and I are going to come. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly the experts are coming, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's lovely. Yeah, a few of our guests are going to be a little bit starstruck, I think. Yeah. Especially when Paul Brunson comes uh, walking mm. in the room. He was going to come around my house and film a bit with me before our wedding day, like with me packing and stuff. And like we were going to have like a chat and that never happened, obviously. So the first time we met him was um, after Penelope was born. We took Penelope down to meet him. And like at the end of like, I think we were, we were only supposed to be there for like in this pub for about an hour having a catch up with him. And it was like three, four hours later when we left. Uh, and he like embraced me and he gives such a good hug I was like getting like totes and mosh about it I was like oh god you had tears like, in your eyes and you said the sweetest thing to Paul you said thank you for giving me my girls yeah oh, oh, god. No. yeah no like he is I was like wow this is beautiful <laughs> that is so sweet best part though is that we even though we were a team before now we've got Penelope it's it's really solid I think mm, definitely and like we, we actually get to have the wedding how we want as well this mm. time, not you know how how production companies like would have set it up. Um, yeah, and I haven't spoken to Owen and Michelle actually, like which was quite interesting. They they got married and everything, and then they weren't allowed to talk to each other for like a couple of hours because they were all, they had to give interviews. Not a couple of hours, but they, it wasn't free flowing. So if they wanted to chat, production would say, wait, 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 they, wait we've got to wait till the camera's on you. Like, yeah. like do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, gosh. I, um, I got married last year and the advice I give everyone is, and we'd said to the photographer, like, we're not that bothered about having too many posed photographs and everything. She was like, yeah, yeah I'll do it documentary style, whatever, just want candid, candid shots. And I still felt just wasted so much time. Not wasted. They're nice photographs, but you just, <laughs> don't, need, <laughs> you don't, just don't need that many photographs of holding your wife while you've both got your eyes shut. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God. It's like one is fine. It's like, I don't even know what that's meant to represent. Yeah. 
we hope it's a great day for you and we wish you all the best for the future. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know people will be really interested to hear that story. It was, it was great. It's to, been to, to, fascinating. And you guys are a match made in a Channel 4 <laughs> production room. And I mean that in the best possible way. You're perfect for each other. And you can tell that you've been set up for a reason. And oh, you've, made, you've made it work. You've put the hard work in as well. Oh, thank, thank you. you. No, it's so thank you for coming us do this as well it's been fun yeah it has been It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.